Startup Sherpa presents Fantastic Failures. The podcast where you learn from others' startup mistakes. You're listening to episode three of Fantastic Failures with the founders of Startup Sherpa, Hugo and Dan. This week's episode, Food Love. Stop whinging, 13-year-old daughters. Don't you just love them? And don't listen to any advice when it comes to parenting. Just do what you think roughly is right. Decisions. Um, decisions. Roughly. Decisions. A decision that was, um, you know, had, had a long-term consequence. It's true. Kids. It's true. It's a massive, yeah. <laughs> it's, and actually, you know what? Parenting is just one massive experiment. Well, that's nice. <laughs> She heard that. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to repeat it, even though my, my 13-year-old daughter heard that. It is one massive experiment. You generally hope, you've got a rough sort of place you want to get to, and you hope you'll get them there in about 18 years, and you're going to make some mistakes along the way. And I think it's really important, because they learn stuff as well. Fantastic have to make your failures. Own <laughs> Fantastic failures. <laughs> Yeah, we weren't meant to be talking about uh, my parenting. But no, we're not. We can move on to yours if you want, Hugo, but yeah. maybe not. Well, we're Oscar, not. <laughs> Oscar did say, you know, it's fantastic failures about the epic fails that I see. Like you talking about like, you know, the uh, tricks that you do on scooters or skateboarding. It's like, that'd be quite cool. But yeah, no. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we can't, we, can, and we can't waste too much time talking about too many failures. Although we can, because we are on, I, I've lost track of it. Episode three... Something like that. Who knows? Um, we've got 634 episodes to go uh, <laughs> because we're talking about Hugo's failures. Those That's fantastic right. failures. And there are plenty of them. Absolutely. And the 634 we've pared down yep. uh, just to keep it to the interesting ones. Exactly. Uh, and I said last time, first time we talked about skiing, second time we talked about food. And I said there are only two really important things in life, and that is skiing and food. Uh, I'm going to add a third one. All right. And I don't want to sound too sort of touchy-feely and so, but I will, is love. Love. It's love. Love. Yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking, Dan. Exactly right. love. And interestingly, I don't know anything about what we're going to talk about today. So this is going to be a voyage of discovery for me, because this is one that you've pulled out from your experience from many, many years ago. There have been many moons since. Many moons. Yeah. But it does link the words food and love. Right? It does. I think it's called food love. Food love. What a segue. That, I think, is quite exceptional. I hope you're applauding at home because I don't know how Dan pulled that together. Two days of script writing that took me. Amazing. Two days. Amazing. Good work. Yeah. Good work. So take us back. Tell us a little bit. I know nothing. I know absolutely nothing. So tell us right at the very beginning how this story began. So this story began with me falling in love with technology. So I'd actually joined a company called Late Rooms um, that... I joined as a tester. I'd gone for a second interview at Late Rooms where I tried to say, do you realise I know nothing about technology? And they went, yep, that's why we're hiring you, uh, which is quite awesome. Um, I It was the place where I discovered what a server was. Apparently it's a computer. <laughs> Very good, Hugo. <laughs> so I was working with all of these developers um, and I started kind of going, oh, I've got developers around me who can do stuff. Maybe we should try and do some sort of startup because I've got a problem. And I've got this vision 
got this vision of something in my head that I want to create. And what I had in my head, right, is that I don't know if you've ever had this problem, but probably food, food ruts. Well, probably most problems you've had. Are, are food really ruts. Right. Food ruts. I'm in one at the moment. Right. So the problem is, right, Emma would say, what do you want for dinner this week? Or I'd say to Emma, what do you want for dinner this week? And we'd go, uh... And we'd end up just eating the same things over and over again. And I was like, you know, the problem is that I find working out what to buy really hard. So I just go and buy the stuff on autopilot. Right? Yep. Common problem. Absolutely. Absolutely. I get it. And just, just to say how much I get it. It's reminded me of two stories from my parents. One is, and this is where you discover, again, as I said, I'm slightly over 20 uh, with children. I'm sort of more than double 20, but never mind. So the the drum. drum. (laughs) (laughs) But I remember as a kid always thinking, I'm never going to say that when I'm older. And there were two things in particular. Firstly, was whenever we went out for a walk with my father, he would point at dog poo (laughs) to make sure we didn't stand in it. I now do that with my own children, all right? Oh, so yeah. you know that it's a slippery slope from that point onwards and I've just accepted it. But also I will never forget my mother sat, sat there moaning at us saying, the cooking isn't hard, it's deciding what's to cook. Yep. And I said it not just two days ago about right. the very same thing. So, so food wrap, so if I'd succeeded, I'm already loving the idea. <laughs> yeah, so if I'd succeeded, it would have been amazing. So I had in my head, I basically had this dream. I mean, like literally in bed dream. And it was a one-armed bandit. Right? And I was going to create a one-armed bandit where you pull it down. And it just tells you what to eat each day of the week. And it was going to be awesome. Right? Because that way... Do that, press a button, boom, food delivered. I can do what I enjoy doing, as we know from the last program, cooking. And that was going to be it. I had my developer friends. Mm-hmm. We could get going. Um, so we did. We totally got going. We just started creating food love. And um, I started to realise, well, hang on, if we're going to do this for loads of people, everyone's got different dietary requirements. Okay, so we're going to go through, we've got to have um, all of the different dietary requirements so I can decide whether or not I'm vegan, whether or not I'm halal, you know, any type of dietary requirements. And then when you pull the, the bandit arm, you'll be able to get something that fits for you. So cool. Okay, worked out all of those pieces. Ah, then there's the ingredients. We've got to create a whole database of ingredients. And then we've got to work out what an ingredient attribute is. And so... Oh, I spent six months with my friend Tom designing this amazing database of ingredients. It's like the kernel of if we use this data, we can create any recipe in the world. And then we've got to do this content piece of being able to create these into recipes. And really, you know, we explored every single way there was to be able to define a recipe. It was fantastic. I mean, the technology that we created was amazing. And? (laughs) (laughs) I think you know where this one's going. (laughs) May have heard this type of story before. Yes, we may have started in the wrong place. Mm. Um, But also, we, we just, we tried to, you know, create a whole universe of technology around this, this kind of very simple idea of having a one-armed bandit to uh, create the the meals for for the week 
right? So we um, we spent a lot of time and energy creating the world's best technology. I mean, it was superb. You know, Tom is one of the very best developers mm. I've ever encountered in my career. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, brain like the size of the planet. And, and because we had this technology focus, we never focused on actually how the hell do we turn this into something that is more than just us exploring how to technically design some system to define what recipes are. So you basically, you were surrounded by, you suddenly got unbelievably excited that you were surrounded by a bunch of people, uh, even though you were meant to be focusing on something else. I mean, this is years ago, so we can can be honest about it. You probably tried to divert everyone's attention onto a different idea that wasn't necessarily their day job. Possibly. Possibly. In retrospect, now that let's you assume, mentioned let's that. Let's assume that might have happened. Yeah, let's let's assume the pub chat certainly <laughs> might have revolved slightly more around yeah, yeah, food love over the work. But you know, actually the two were very linked, I'd say, because they were always talking about technical issues, mm-hmm. right? And kind of using the very latest technology and having abstraction layers. And to be honest, what I actually gave myself was a micro degree in technology. Right? It was probably the project that meant that I was able to move into a career mm. working and leading teams of developers because I started to understand you know, why agile development exists. Mm. I started to understand why innovation exists and all of those sorts of things that are now kind of my core mm. um, kind of skill set were certainly kind of developed in this project. But I have to say, this was a thing of beauty. Um, we had branding, you know, we'd we'd basically done all of that work. And we see this all the time, right? With people coming through the Startup Sherpa program, as we see that they've gone and created a website and a brand and they haven't worked out what they're actually offering people yet. Because when you start with this solution in your head, it's just so lovely. And I don't actually think there's anything wrong with it if you're accepting that you're a massive geek and you just want to explore how to technically analyze recipes. I mean, you know, everyone's got to have a hobby, right? Mm -hmm. If I'd gone, I have a hobby. My hobby is going to be defining a system to be able to categorize recipes. People might've thought I was weird, uh, maybe, but it would have probably been cool. Mm -hmm. But I thought I was creating a business Mm -hmm. and I didn't go near a customer. Yeah, so you said six months, right? So you mm, sat down Say 12, maybe 18. Maybe a couple of years. Uh, it could have been longer than six months, possibly. So, so again, was this <laughs> was this kind of that overexcitement of, wow, I've suddenly got a load of resources that I could, that can help me on doing something and creating something. You've got something to geek out on. It's great building something, right? It's got a nice oh, feel to it's it. It's lovely. Yeah, because you sit down and you produce stuff, right? Yeah. So it could be initial sketches, but then you're seeing it on a screen and then you start seeing the problems of what well, actually, what does it mean when it comes to, you know, allergies? What, what about my food stock in the house? What about the ingredients itself? Yeah. Let's go build the database. I can see you getting excited now. Well, I can. Don't go and build it. I can. <laughs> and and I'll, I'll tell you about that another day, but I've actually spent quite a lot of time looking at food databases. So yeah, on a, on a completely different subject. So I get it. I do understand no one else is going to understand the excitement that we get from Do this. Do you know what? Hey, hey. So actually there is, there's a group in uh, Switzerland 
called Vorwerk. They have a machine called the Thermomix, which is oh, I know that. One. Yeah, yeah. It's the it's so basically it cooks your food, it freezes your food, blends your food, does everything, right? And so they have a ten year product development cycle, and I actually did a project with them where they showed us the research they'd done of food habits across the whole world. So they had done this job of defining recipes and meals and food in every society in the world from like what a Japanese family considered to be family meals to what a French family does to an American family and created a database to, to, to match all of this stuff up. I mean, talk about geekery. It was sensational, but a 10-year product development cycle. Mm. That's amazing. That is. And I've got a friend who's got a Thermomix. And if we mention it enough times, do you think we'll get one? They are very good. They are I would recommend anyone getting a incredible. Thermomix. Incredible. Absolutely. Please send us one. Incredible. So <laughs> um, you'll see our addresses in the comments at the bottom, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, just, just flying back to you got really into the geeking out on creating yeah. something, which happens a lot, right? It happens so many times actually it's the biggest we see it yeah, right yeah it's probably so, problem number one yeah right and, and especially like in, in big corporates we see that a huge amount oh yeah for sure because they've got money right yeah. they've got money and things that they can they can yeah. spend at what point did you kind of start to realize you know i still love what i've created but actually are other people going to be interested how did you sort of figure that out? Was there a dawning moment or did it sort of no, creep up on you? No, I think that this one was the kind of sort of failure, which we try and avoid um, in the program, right? Because in Startup Shopper, we ask people to quit every two weeks. We actually get them to think about whether or not this is going to work, whether or not they want to carry on. What I did with Food Love was just plod on, was exactly do the opposite of that. Tom as well, he just cracked on and we were working and we were working and I think we just ran out of energy. I don't know when, mm. but it didn't really ever go away. Mm -hmm. um, it just didn't go anywhere. And um, we never talked to a customer, right? Now I'm going, you never talked to a customer. Like, come on, that was the first thing to do. But at that time we didn't know. Mm. We just didn't have a clue that that was the place to start. Um, it was all about the technology. Mm. And I think that's right, because I remember we, we spoke about this a while ago, but it was about the energy that actually speaking to someone gives you. Yeah. So, and and like you said, and I've been in that position where you're working really, really bloody hard on something. Yeah. You're in your own head, you're in your own office, and you're cracking stuff out. It's great. You know, you're producing this stuff, you know, you're getting through that tick list every day, but you just run out of steam. And actually the bit that you're missing is you've not had that boost externally. Yeah. So, and then if you couple those together, you've not got the energy and you're focusing all of your time on building something, you're going to spend months and months and months and probably not get anywhere, right? Yeah. So, and it's endemic. I mean, everyone will do it at some point. And this is crazy, right? That this is probably the, the thing that I certainly spent my own money building this machine that was going nowhere. Um, and um, I mean, at the time, we didn't spend very much because I'd, you know, kind of created this vision that everyone was behind and able to kind of get people involved in doing that. But, um, you know, there have been other times, I'm sure we'll talk about them, where I've spent way too much money. Mm. Um, and it's super easy to do because mm. as soon as you get into building stuff, it costs. 
you know, it costs money to get stuff built. It costs money to get stuff designed. And it suddenly starts racking up. Mm. Um, and it's like really dangerous. Mm. And again, it goes back to like we, we keep saying and we will continue to keep saying is that you don't focus your energy there to start with, you know. So you have to look at this as being cash strapped. And again, we're not used to that, especially if you're working in a in a job, in a big company, then you've normally got money surrounding and you can do something with it. Yeah. And actually you have to go with that mentality. You've got your £10 mark, right? Which I think you said a couple of episodes ago, you spent £12 on a URL. So that blew your budget immediately and you were yeah, disappointed. I've learned, which and is so. <laughs> <laughs> but it's about getting out and doing something without spending money but doing it as quickly as possible right so as possible for you as well right yeah. because it's got to fit around your life what you're wanting from the business mm. yeah and that's another thing because the one thing i mean we talk about this a lot is that we don't believe in this whole macho you've got to do 25 hours of work every day even though that's one hour extra than a day offers you if you're not doing that you're useless yeah and it's, it is a load of rubbish, right? Well, it's totally rubbish. I mean, we're talking about energy, right? We're talking about actually food love died because we just ran out of energy. You do that, you're going to run out of energy. It's really simple. Um, you need to have something that's sustainable. Mm. Um, and you need to have something that, for me, I want to create businesses that work for me, work for my life that I want, rather than me working for them. Um, I mean... Let's face it, with this one, I didn't get anywhere close to that because starting with just creating something and then never going and talking to anyone outside of your own head um, is is nothing more than a good time. Mm. It feels nice to start with, though, right? Oh, so yeah, lovely. It does. And, and, you know, let's be honest about it. Again, I've done it, you've done it, and, and it is. It's a nice, happy place, again, because you feel productive. It's like being in a job and you go to a meeting and you think... I've done really well because I went to a meeting. Yep. You're not actually saying, did we do anything useful there? <laughs> yeah. You just feel really productive. But again, the catch out is you'll run out of energy really quickly. Um, you know, depending on how much time you put into it. And it might be six months, it might be 12 months, but you will run out of energy. And that boost, I know from me, comes from talking to real people. Um, and you have to get that. So if you went back and you did that again... What would you do this time? I'd create a completely analogue version of it. <laughs> nice. An actual one-armed bandit. An actual one-armed bandit that you could play as a game and be able to make food planning, essentially more into a board game, right? Because I think that what we realise is they're probably quite a limited set for your weekly meals that you'd want to actually try and kind of mix it up a bit. Like during the week, most people don't have time to do proper exploration. So having kind of your choices of that and how much you want to push each of the um, the dishes that you're having, I think you could easily turn into cards and kind of be able to, you know, make a bit of gameplay. And what I was trying to get with it was that gamification, that kind of turning something that's a job into something fun. Um, I think that the idea of everything having to be digital and scalable is just something that we got bought into mm. because that's what VCs want. Right. So we were reading all of the stuff about, oh, my God, another unicorn. And because we're in this booming tech company, we were excited about the unicorn scene. We were excited about the VCs giving huge amounts of money to spurn on the growth. Mm. And so we we're like, that's what we want to do. We never went, actually, 
what I'm trying to do here is make it more fun to plan my meals. Mm. Board games, they've been around for a while. They're pretty cool. I mean, you probably get in there with geeks. I'm definitely a geek. Dan's clearly a geek too. So board games, great fun. Gaming dynamics, mm. zero technology required. Mm. Could have just got into how to make it fun. Yeah. And also, if you do something like that, you can spend a couple of weeks creating something and then you get immediate feedback, right? So totally. stick it in front of people, see well, what they say. I reckon we could probably do that in an afternoon. Yeah. Maybe we should. Mm. We're going to get sidetracked, aren't oh, we? Yeah, you that's it. Yeah, getting sidetracked. That's <laughs> this is the thing. problem when we yeah. get together. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's Best not to start zipping around. So that's really cool. And, uh, and it's about getting hung up on tech, right? So, and again, I should be the one that gets hung up on tech because I'm a true geek, you know, you are software, etc., yep. all of that stuff. Um, you know, did it ages ago and have actually come back to it as well, which is great fun. But it reminds me always of like the Segway, right? So that wonderful machine that you stand on two wheels, it balances. That was really cool tech. And someone was massively into it in terms of, isn't it amazing with the gyroscopes and what we can do? And it's sort of upright, but it's only got two wheels. And is it awesome? And they really struggled. You know, yep. actually, just a bog standard scooter yep. has done better being yep. imported over from China, etc. has done better than Segway would have ever done or have ever done. And they were desperately trying to yep. find they they Segway. They desperately tried to find a customer, yeah. which is why you find them at airports, because yep. that's one for, on security people at airports. Have, have I ever told you my idea for Six Hole Golf? No. Right. So this is the place where Segways should exist. Because golf has a problem, right? Which is it takes so long and it's in the wrong places. So it's like really hard to get to. You have to have all of your own kit that you're storing. So I was like, why don't you create Six Hole Golf? Put the golf courses. So you basically use the skiing thing, going back to skiing. You've got your blue, your red and your black. So you can either do three reds, three blacks, depending on your level, or mix it up. And then you can hire all of the kit, really nice kit, and then go around on segways. And then you can do it after work. And then in the centre, you can have a nice little restaurant for a meal afterwards. Perfect. Right. Again, anyway, this is little segue. all of these ideas, by the way, uh, we have rights over. So you can't do anything. Yeah. No, actually, no, if you whatever. want to take that idea, go and do something with it. Um, totally. Just invite us to the course, correct. please. Absolutely right. And when I'm there, can I have some truffles as well? Yeah, so, exactly. Uh, <laughs> so no, I mean, that's actually a good point, right? Is that one of the things that we hear from people is, oh, but what's my idea? What about my IP? Your idea, there is no IP in your idea. It is all about the execution. So we will often give away free ideas as we're going through these podcast episodes. So listen carefully. There could be some gems in there. There are loads or already. There could be some fantastic failures of your own. Oh, I love the way you love the way you went with that. <laughs> uh, but there are and you're right, right? Ideas. Ideas, there are loads and loads out there. People always get worried about sharing an idea. Yeah. And genuinely i've never worried about doing that because making an idea real is really hard yeah and even if you tell someone they're not going to do anything with it so well, even we've just been talking about making an idea real mm. can still be the wrong thing mm. right actually i made the idea real we had this really cool piece of technology but it was just wrong it was wrong in timing and i mean interesting one of my friends nick has created whisk uh so whisk is a very similar um kind of problem solving solution not sure i like that i like that problem solving solution yeah because it's kind of the same as what i was going after it's not yeah. the same but he's been solving the same problem yeah and actually because he started with the customer they have a business mm. it's amazing 
And actually, it's a, an example I always give is that, again, you can have loads of ideas, but actually the important thing is not falling in love with the idea, fall in love with the problem. Right? Yeah, yeah. So the problem is there and it's real. And as long as you find enough people who've got that problem, you're in, you're in a great, great place. And what we need to remember, I think we, we've got this sort of falsehood in our heads that says the idea I've got is the solution to that problem. Yep. And the problem with that statement is the word the, because actually there's probably a million different solutions, slight tweaks, slight nuances, but there are loads of way you can, ways you can solve that single problem. And the example I always give is, you know, I've got, I've got two kids. They use the internet. I worry about are they being safe? I don't want to sit behind them the whole time and look at what they're looking at. I just need the confidence that I can walk around the house, do what I want, and they're cool, they're safe. They're not looking at things they shouldn't do. So that is my problem, all right? And there are a couple of solutions that I looked into for that. Yep. One of them is just, you know, sign up, piece of tough software, obviously cloud-based now, now etc., which stops them looking at URLs that they shouldn't be looking at. Yeah. That's great. Uh, the other one is uh, Sven. Uh, Sven comes around in the morning uh, when your kids start to look at the internet. He has a big club and he stands behind your children. <laughs> and when they don't, when they touch something, look at something they shouldn't be looking at, he'll just hit them over the head. <laughs> so that is, there are two solutions that deliver one value proposition to me. The yep. value proposition being safe browsing for my kids so I don't have to worry. Yep. And it's, that's the problem. That's the problem that I'm having solved. That's not changed. Those two solutions fundamentally are different. Yeah, I did choose Sven, by the way. I didn't go for the <laughs> software option. Um, price, yeah. Put it price, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, But it shows you there are so many different ways you can solve for a problem. So fall in love with the problem and the ideas will come. And actually, like Whisk, as the example you gave, they're still solving for the same problem, but they tweaked it and did it in a slightly different way. And that can just be the difference between success and failure. Absolutely. And there's also timing. You know, I think that timing's the other one is if you actually consider that you might not pursue a particular solution at a point in time, because it might not be the right time for that solution. Mm. You know, technology has come on a long way over that, that period of time. So some of the stuff that we're trying to do was really hard. Now it's super easy. You know, it's the same reason that we see people who've built these expensive systems that can now be replaced with, you know, essentially no-code, low-code solutions. If you're into technology, mm. like that's like the big thing at the moment. Everyone's starting to realise they've come of age, and so you don't need to spend tons of money on all of the development that you used to, unless you've got something that's really cutting edge. And I think that sometimes you just need to park an idea. You know, if I just parked and gone, actually... Let's come back to that. That would have been a really nice, sophisticated way to deal with it not being the right time. Mm. You know, that I don't know enough, that maybe the world's not ready for that solution. And kind of being able to come back to it, that could be quite cool. Yeah, and actually that links beautifully. We talked about the best question, if it's not on this one, it's on the previous one, but the best question we were ever asked, which is how do you make a decision? Yeah. And one of the key things is knowing that when you make a decision, you can change that decision. I know we're taught that there is a right and a wrong and that when you make a decision, it's final. Absolute rubbish. There's not a perfect right or wrong. You're just making a decision at a moment in time and you're saying, I don't have to get rid of that. I'm just going to park it somewhere. I'm going to put it somewhere, yeah. put it in a box. doesn't matter. Write it down 
because you can come back to it, right? And the key there is making the decision, right? Because what we see is people slope off from their ideas. Like, mm. oh, that's what I did, right? I sloped off. So it's there eating away in the back of my head. Oh, food, love. I, I should do something. It, it, oh, should I go out tonight or should I be working on that? If you say, I'm going to park that for a year, you can go to the pub and be very, very happy with yourself because you're not having to work on your startup. That's what would have been great for me rather than I probably stressed myself out for two, maybe three years thinking that I should have done more with it. I didn't kind of let it go just gently into the night. I was trying to do some poetry there and it didn't quite come. It sounded beautiful. I thought so. Um, You know, it was something that just was like that thing in the back of your head Mm. that just niggles at you, just causes you stress. And that, that was, you know, you had the beauty at the start, but then at the end you got the darkness because of that, because you haven't gone about it in the right way. And do you find that, did you find that that had a negative effect on things like your creativity etc yeah creativity Mm. i'd say also just generally my overall happiness right is that when you've got those things niggling away at you then it it does make you feel like oh maybe maybe i'm not that good at this Mm. um and if you are able to to just separate you know to make the decision to be able to park it that would have been way better cool so deep that was deep that very was deep. very very deep and also there was a reflection about things you're not good at so one of the things <laughs> i reflect on is that I'm, I'm not good at finishing podcast episodes i've got no idea <laughs> where to take them and what to say but you know i think this is the beautiful moment i think just going back to what you were talking about the the key thing that i got out of it was if you get sucked into building stuff and getting excited and geeking out on the thing itself and you get really involved and that's all you focus on from the start, it's probably not going to end up brilliantly. I would say that that was probably not. Yeah. In this case, that was the fantastic failure. Cool. And that's it. And again, you know, there's sort of several themes that you hear from, you hear from us um, through Startup Sherpa. And that is one of them. You know, we like to kind of look at it in a way if you test desirability first and then you test your feasibility and then you ultimately look at your viability so the first thing is desirability and again you you kind of went into feasibility mode right yeah straight in building stuff yeah can we do it yeah when it should have been do people want it does anyone care you know one of the things that i um really really try to focus on every time now unless i'm working on a cure for cancer is do people care Mm. And you find that, you find your passion, and most importantly, you get the energy from them as well. So you're definitely onto a winner. Yeah. Well, this has been, as always, an utter pleasure for you having me talk at you. It has. I've been delighted by you talking I can imagine. At me. I can imagine. So I think we'll close that one off. And again, as I said, the 643 episodes left uh, of Fantastic Failures. So definitely tune in for the next one. <laughs> Goodness knows what we're going to talk about, but we'll find out at some point soon. Thank you, Hugo. Enjoy. Thank you very much. You have been listening to Fantastic Failures, presented by Startup Sherpa. Remember, if you want to start up, get yourself a Sherpa. Build a business that works for you with Startup Sherpa and one of our amazing coaches.